and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. All right, let's get back into this draft talk. Okay, who likes Ratatouille? Now, if I had to draft, <laughs> not my talking one Ratatouille. Character, Ratatouille was last episode. Yeah, let's draft yeah, him. let's draft the characters from Ratatouille. I'm gonna take that babe of a French chef, Ooh. the main like love interest. Uh-huh. She's a good chef. She's tough, mm-hmm. though. but that's kind of what makes her like appealing. You really have to like earn her respect. Kelly, I'll let you go number two. I'm not talking. I already talked Ratatouille last up. I'm not doing it. Two ups in a row is too much. People are the people want something different. I'm thinking of okay. the people. All right, fine. Let's okay. draft the Incredibles. <laughs> okay, I take, I take Grandpa Incredible. What a bad <laughs> first draft. <laughs> Isn't that Abe Incredible? Remember when Grandpa Incredible, that gif of Grandpa Incredible, where he walks in with his coat and hat and hangs it up, and then in one fluid motion turns around and picks it back up and walks out. Yeah. His superpower yeah. is uh, he doesn't have a he has he has anti memory. Yeah, my favorite Incredible is probably Bart Incredible, just because he's a little <laughs> bit of a like menace, likes to skateboard. Yeah, I like Nelson Incredible. <laughs> oh, I, I side, sideshow Bob Incredible, especially with the part where he steps on a rake over and over again, is like wow, it's so incredible. Marge Credible, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Flan- you're talking about Marge Incredible. No. Uh Homer Incredible's wife. Common mistake. So you Mar- said Marge Credible cuz I thought it was his neighbor Flanders Credible Flanders and that's why they're <laughs> they're sort of at odds. Yeah, they hate each other. They're like I like the professional wrestler Justin Credible, which is his name, Justin Incredible. Oh, Marty's oh. talking wrestling. He had to bring real, real stuff. And he's into like it. very cre- like if you you ever, if you ever like need a like a witness in court, like he's very. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they were more clever, that would yeah. have been his gimmick. Like, when he, he swears on the Bible, you really believe it. Like <laughs> when he enters a match, he swears on the Bible, and so you know he's not going to do anything behind the ref's back. But then he does, and that's why he's a bad guy. Oh, Marty, you wow. might have to cut this out because it's a bit from How to with John Wilson. Have you watched that at all? No. There's a, I don't even there's know what a part that is. where it's a HBO Max show produced by Nathan Fielder. There's a part where Oh, then you better cut this out. Yeah, I'm just going to get copyright claimed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a part where he is like trying to talk about it. It's, the first episode is how to small talk. And he goes to see a, a philosopher and asks them, "Hey, do you think uh, mankind will return?" And the philosopher goes into this really deep answer about like, yeah, well, we just seem really divided right now. And I hope we can reunite at some point and work together to build an incredible society. And then he's like, you'll get a different answer in a different area if you ask this question somewhere else. And he's at a wrestling show and he says, hey, do you think mankind will return? And (laughs) damn, uh, what a a long setup for that joke. But that show is very funny. So that is a fantastic joke. Feel free to cut that up. Sorry. Anyways, I've actually seen the exact show uh, Kelly's talking about. I just forgot that that's what it's called. (laughs) Wow. And with that, welcome to Spoof Goose and Novelty Songs. The podcast about dumb shit what's the um iconic uh cage match with is it mankind versus who undertaker undertaker the undertaker yes yeah where like one of them falls from the top of the cage are they Hell both in a doing? cell at king of the ring 1998 
Mankind gets thrown off the cell, oh, and no. then you accidentally pulled his string, he gets, Scott. You pulled his gets, string. <laughs> Le, no, legit though. Like if there is like one wrestling match, this is one I've seen where I'm just like, gen- I was like genuinely like, holy shit, like on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it's a it's an iconic match because he legit legit like should be dead from not from that one, but from the one where he accidentally goes through the cell, the top of that cage. He like it wasn't supposed to fall, but he like falls through it and lands on the mat like really hard. They legit thought he was dead when that happened. Like they had to like cart him out and stuff. Yeah. Jesus. <sighs> Wrestling. It's uh don't try it at home. Hey, OK, I mean, this is going to be two weeks old when we uh, when we release this episode. But the, who there was a. Uh, 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 female wrestler who just recently like tweeted like i support uh unionization yes. and then yep. literally 10 minutes later was fired by the wwe that's not entirely true she knew she was being fired she tweeted that very strategically so it would look like that but yes she oh. uh she so wwe oh my god if we really want to go into this wwe uh had a lot of wrestlers who started getting really popular on twitch and wwe tried to take over their channels and make them like WWE branded Twitch content. Basically a lot of the wrestlers like argued against it, but like most of them, nobody really, really stood up super hardcore to defend themselves. Uh, but Zelina Vega was like the one person who was just like, no, I am not giving up my Twitch channel to you. I want a union in wrestling, which has never happened. Uh, but aren't there contracts like really, defended. really shitty. And they also get yes. like, kind of yes. like abused. Like, yeah, correct. They are considered independent contractors, but WWE specifically doesn't let them work with any other company. A lot of other wrestling promotions are also independent contractors, but they don't have any power over them to do other stuff. Um, but WWE like specifically does not allow their talent to do other things. And if you're an um, independent contractor, I mean, that means you like, don't really get, benefits Correct. right and this yes, is a job no that like literally just like kills your body like no benefits they pay for their own travel out of pocket generally uh they have to book all of their own travel and everything yeah it's um and then you can't make yeah. money off your like personality or whatever right which like they used to be able to but they've they've cracked down more and more over the years and i think like vince mcmahon must have just woke up one day and been like oh my talent are making money off of streaming video games like i must stop them like yeah so before we get in today's episode we have to say the official stance of (laughs) spoof scoops and novelty songs is we stand in solidarity with that uh wrestler and all all wrestlers who hope to unionize zelina vega go check out her twitch channel if you're if you're interested she's a great she was a great manager and a good wrestler she's fantastic zelina vega Zelina Vega. <laughs> I, anyway. I'm not even laughing. I'm 100 serious <laughs> yeah, about that. But yeah. just the transition is what I'm laughing about. Marty, what movie are we talking about? This week we're reviewing Last Action Hero, a 1993 fantasy action comedy directed by John McTiernan of Die Hard and Predator fame, about a young boy who loves action movies who then gets sucked into one of the action movies he loves, which features. Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is a spoof of the action genre aiming at the 80s, 90s movies and is a quite famous box office and critical bomb, with most critics being confused at the film's tone. I have a few quotes before we get too far into it from the director of the film and from Arnold Schwarzenegger regarding the film's lack of success. This first quote is quite long, so bear with me. 
Regarding the film's failure, director John McTiernan said, Initially, it was a wonderful Cinderella story with a nine-year-old boy. We had a pretty good script by Bill Goldman, charming, and this ludicrous hype machine got a hold of it and it got buried under bullshit. It was so overwhelmed with baggage, and then it was whipped out, unedited, practically assembled right out of the camera. It was in the theater five or six weeks after I finished shooting. It was kamikaze, stupid, no good reason for it. And then to open the week after Jurassic Park, God. To get to the depth of bad judgment involved in that, you need a snorkel. And then Arnold blamed the film's failure on the election of a hey, Democratic wait, hold, president. Two seconds. Two seconds. Go ahead. If you, at the depth, you need a snorkel. Yes. That's not that deep, right? That's you're, you're at the surface. <laughs> well, you need to you're be close the to the surface to use a snorkel. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, uh, Arnold blamed That's Bill all. Clinton getting elected claiming that it influenced people seeing action movies as lowbrow, though I would argue that this movie sees action movies as lowbrow as well. Yeah. I I don't like action movies. (laughs) Don't go see it. I did not know that this was considered such a bomb. Uh, The reputation for this movie was that it was kind of a weird outlier of Arnold's career. But, uh, you know, usually... I tend to schedule the movies we watch. If Kelly or Scott particularly wants something, I always say, this is a Kelly pick or this is a Scott pick. Thank you, sir. I don't try to pick stuff that I want to watch. I pick stuff that I that I think we need to see. This is one of the movies, though, where I will say this is definitely a Marty pick. I really wanted to do this one and review it. So this is, as they say, a Marty pick. That's what they say. Gentlemen, what did you think about Last Action Hero? I like the first 45 minutes. Did this movie need to be two hours long? No. Did we need to watch this for the podcast? No. Did I have a fun time watching it? No. Was it okay? (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. It's just one of those flicks that... Who is the target audience? Is it action movie enjoyers? Because it wasn't like that action-packed. Was it children? It's, uh... 19 to 24 year old boys. And I guess they hit the nail on the head. They got all five of them. Well, we're Zoomers, so yes, it was made for us. All five of them. (laughs) (laughs) But 19 to 24 year old boys, like in that time of the 90s. It was like a very specific. I feel like it's okay, it's like Zombieland. What a strange like niche audience to make a thing yeah. for, and yet they went and did it. I think this movie is a great premise that um, is uh, a little too over convoluted, and it just didn't land. It didn't know what it wanted to be necessarily. It didn't know whether it was more interested in being like a kid who's inside an action movie and the rules of movie land are crazy. Or is it about a action movie character who comes into the real world and, Oh my God, now he has real stakes to his life. It never knew which one it wanted to be. And so this movie is just like a little all over the place. Um, but the opening, I think I agree with Scott, the like, especially the opening scene of this movie is like fantastic parody. The opening of this movie is such a good diehard spoof that I was just like, I was so into this movie until the kid gets sucked into the screen. And the moment the kid gets sucked into the screen is like the done in the laziest way I've ever seen. It just cuts to white and then he's just in the movie like thing. We don't see him get sucked into the screen at all. It's the weakest. The and then the, uh, whatever. Uh, that, uh, we'll get to that part later, but. 
Anyway, yes, I kind of agree with both of you. I didn't think it was that good, but I also thought the beginning was, like, awesome. Yeah, I just think it was just a good, like, idea of a thing, like, a good, like, premise. Like, it probably made, like, a better screenplay than a movie. Um, Yeah. And, like, that kid didn't uh, really help either. Like, he was just, like, a little too... Oh, I don't know. I guess it was the 90s, but, like, it really sort of, like, a cliche of, like, the, like, precocious, like, child. It reminded uh, me of Muppet Treasure Island, where it was, like, it hinged a lot, like, way too much on this kid being good, and it really hurts the movie that we've spent so much time, and the movie's, like, edited toward the kid, like, emotionally, and it does not hold up. Like, it did not work together. It was, and, yeah, it was also, like, I got for me, what it seemed like it couldn't decide was, like, how crazy is a uh, movie world like because like the um like the police precinct where like there's like a cartoon like uh i forget what danny devito animated animal cop. it's a cat i think I, I think yeah um like that scene is like really zany but then like other ones are like a little bit more grounded like um yeah. fucking tywin lannister's character is like super grounded and it, like i don't know he's like pretty charismatic but then like that next to the police precinct i don't know it's like this movie couldn't it's yeah. like it's got one foot in like who framed roger rabbit yes. and then like another foot in like i don't even know what like almost like andy kaufman like or <laughs> wow or, you know what i mean like where there's it's like a, a rules movie but it's like sort of like this like whimsical but like more like understated uh yeah. kind of a thing versus like again the crazy cartoon world I think it's like Scream maybe is the thing because Scream is like really similar like idea wise to this movie. But yeah, it's like it's either like, yeah, the well, I guess like like, the movies, the movies come to real. Yeah. And like it's it's a parody of a genre directed by like arguably the director who defines that genre. Like that's why I kind of draw that comparison. But yeah, Scream like just knows to be like grounded. Movies are real. These characters know about movies, right? Like that's a real thing that they can do. This movie, yeah, it's just like it didn't know whether it was like should it just be like the their movies are real and this kid also the kid's arc is like nothing in this movie. The beginning of this movie is like he's obsessed with movies and like that's a bad thing for his life and then like they just don't go anywhere with that the rest of the movie basically like David Foster Wallace was in a young David Foster Wallace was in uh, the movie theater <laughs> of this and he watched it and then he like <laughs> stood up and then on the ground like during the credits he there was a discarded bandana on the ground and he like looked at it and like shook his head and uh went home and wrote infinite jest kelly looks on the video chat kelly looks as sad as i've ever seen (laughs) i'm as bored right now as i was when i watched this movie and it's not that it's bad it's just not for me this one wasn't for me and it's like satire for people who like action movies. I'm not an action. I mean, I sort of am, but not this week. Not this yeah. week. I don't want to watch action <laughs> movie. I'm on that Queen's yeah. Gambit high still. Oh and my god! He won't shut the hell up about it. <laughs> yeah, all I keep saying is that it's good. I don't want to talk. Me and Kelly work at the same it. job, and every day I gotta I clock in. And he's like, "Hey, Queen's Gambit." Hey, morning you see to that Wanda B12 move? The shit was wild. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you see that? Like, oh night my to, god! Night to night to a seven. This guy's a regular Bobby Fisher over here. It's wild. Those moves were crazy. He's a regular Ron Weasley. 
Uh, <laughs> chess icon Ron Weasley. Remember how Ron Weasley's <laughs> entire thing in the first Harry Potter book is that he's good at chess, and it's literally just so they can build up to that big climactic moment with him. And then, like, that's why is that? That's the thing they landed on with his character is like, okay, we'll make him really good at chess. That's gonna be mm-hmm. his thing the whole time. Yeah, that's probably the biggest problem you have with J.K. Rowling, right? Me or Martin? yeah? Oh, both of you. My biggest problem is that Rupert Grant posted pictures of his baby this week and jk mm-hmm. rowling didn't post any pictures of his <laughs> baby this week so i'm on a, i'm on rupert grin's side of this feud nice that's okay so i know your two biggest problems with uh jk rowling then yeah i don't like that they kicked johnny depp out of that movie <laughs> that's the thing i'm mad about i don't like that they're still making that movie <laughs> by the way though getting rid of Johnny Depp honestly just as a creative choice is for the best because he's terrible in those movies he's I really bad I don't even remember yeah he's really one. bad yeah it was so bad it was so was he in the first one he is he's really doing the character of Grindelwald a dis uh, you know dishonor <laughs> whoever does Grindelwald really needs to bring you know light to the character they're looking at Mads Mikkelsen for it. Hey, I'd love that. Oh, my God. Yeah, the little <clears throat> droopy-eyed Grindelwald. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, a little five o'clock salt and pepper shadow on Grindy. It's I, it's I Grindelwald. Kelly, Kelly's doing a Mads Mikkelsen face right now. It's pretty good. I don't know what Mads Mikkelsen pretty... sounds like. Dude, Mads Mikkelsen is fucking chopped. That's why he looks like that. Yeah, he's chong and down. What's up, dude? It's me, Grindelwald. <laughs> With a name like Mads Mikkelsen, too, you know he Fantastic fucking gets litty, and where baby. To find them. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic beats. Dumbledore, get down to the beach. Take a puff of this, and uh, you'll find a couple of fantastic. Hey, somethings. Dumbledore. <laughs> Oh, I got House Slytherin. Oh, oh. Ooh, the House Cup. Oh, better get Let's wheeze the butterbeer. Get oh. that golden snitch. Butterbeer bong. Oh, God. Um. Hey. So okay. Uh, here's the problem. Yeah. God. <laughs> that was weird. the most fun I've had in the past hour and a half of recording. Uh, wow. Oh, come on. You like talking about Ratatouille? Yeah, that was fun too. It, this was ranking a little bit the more Incredibles. Fun. What'd you say? I said ranking the Incredibles. <laughs> oh yeah, that Drafting. was good. Um. Hey. So the problem yeah. with this movie is uh, the whole first half, the whole first half is just the kid going like, this is a movie. Here's the rules of the movie. I'm pointing it out to you. And then Arnold, yes. I, I refuse to see this. I, it, I, I do not notice it for it is normal to me. And then um, the whole second half is like, we're not in the movie universe. Bad stuff can happen to you. I'm not used to that. So I do, I do not respect the premise. 
Um, and it's just that, like, it's just like they do like 17 examples of each one. It's the same scene over and over again. It's this thing we were talking about before. They're not even that extremely different, though. So, like, him saying this, it's like, what what difference is there? Like, Arnold, if he gets shot in the movie world, he's like scared of it. He wears like a bulletproof vest when he gets shot and stuff. It's not like he's like invulnerable in the movie world. And so, none of that stuff ever makes sense. So, the stakes of this movie are just like constantly getting like destroyed because the movie doesn't know what it wants to commit to. Like, ever it's so it's just such a bland execution i couldn't i was so surprised like the opening is so strong and then it just like yeah it's it doesn't know what to do with the premise like they finished the first five minutes of the movie they finished they wrapped on the first five minutes which is what they do Mm -hmm. they say all right first five minutes of the movie wrapped (laughs) and then they looked at their budget and they're like oh holy moly we've gone way over hey how many of those footlongs were we eating on the subway caterings And then they they had to make the rest. And that's not true because the rest wasn't low budget. It was just boring. They fired the writers. They fired the writers after they filmed the first Uh, five minutes. Shane Black. (laughs) Shane Black was the guy who did punch up on this script. And I he might have made it worse in my like based on what John McTiernan said, it sounds like he made it a little worse. Um, Who am I to judge? How many movies have I written in the past thirty years? Zero. <laughs> I, I was trying to think. Zero to completion. I kind of wish, um, honestly, if the whole movie was the first five minutes, if that like just kept going, I think that would have been a better movie. The movie does a really good job making fun of action movies up top, and then it kind of just does all of the things it's making fun of. Like they make fun of how expositions delivered in action movies, and it's really well done in the opening. And then they just kind of do that in the real world of the movie also. So it's like fuck you like you don't get to just like make fun of this thing that's shitty and then do the shitty thing also nothing really ever comes of the um the robber right does the robber that like robs the kid and like handcuffs him to the sink he doesn't come back right i don't think so at all it's just like that didn't i don't know i thought that was gonna i don't know i kind of i don't know yeah yeah this movie's weird yeah i just didn't know like what to care about really like it getting bad reviews makes a lot of sense because even though I like appreciate how how much of a swing this movie is, it is like it, tonally it's just like a fucking miss. Like it just doesn't land at all. I did like Ian McKellen uh, portraying death from a, the Seventh Seal and then coming into the world and like that whole sequence was fun. That's where I was like, I kind of wish the movie was a little more fun like that. Like that was a fun execution of the idea. But yeah, yeah, it's either you got to go like balls to the walls or you got to like make like clear parameters. But either right. way, I don't know. This this uh, movie um, committed uh, the cardinal sin of being a rules movie. So I just like inherently am like kind of uh, against it as a movie. Five out of ten. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's what I'm <laughs> talking a, about as a, as a spoof. 7 out of 10. I do think it makes fun of action movie tropes pretty well, and it succeeds at being like a good spoof of the genre. Um, all the plot and narrative stuff is like the weakest part of this movie by far, and like not knowing what the movie necessarily tonally should be. But whenever it's trying to spoof stuff, it does like land that really well. It just doesn't do it quite enough to be better. Um, that's it. As a movie, 4.5 out of 10. <laughs> something funny <laughs> nothing it's just your ratings are so close to mine it's very strange uh, fuck 
are you implying? <laughs> Nothing. I'm not implying anything. Oh my Copying god. Off my tests much? Oh my god. I can't believe this. Uh and as a spoof, <laughs> um, Marty, what'd you give it? <laughs> I gave it a I gave it a nine out of ten. Oh, eight point five out of ten. Good job. I lied. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Um, I thought it was a, a good spoof of action movies. Um, just, uh, uh, just for the Scotty. first five minutes, I g- give it an eight point five. Just for that, Scott Stephen Carey, did you even <laughs> watch the homework? <laughs> yes, sir. I, I promise, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay then. Oh, that was easy. I give it a four point four out of ten as a movie. Huh. <laughs> and a six point nine as a spoof. Huh. This reminds me of something, but I can't quite place it. Yeah, that remind that number reminds me of another number, but <clears throat> oh, these numbers are awfully similar. Me when I look at any numbers. <laughs> <laughs> these right, both have got, fours in them. Who's got song? Who's got song this week? Mart have song. For this week's novelty song, I decided to honor the late great Alex Trebek by diving into the iconic theme music from Jeopardy. Jeopardy began airing in 1964 as a show created by iconic television no. personality Merv Griffin. It was Holy shit. Originally hosted by Art Fleming, the show ran off and on for two decades until Trebek took over in 1984, becoming the defining host of the show and one of the most defining game show hosts of all time. Kelly's placing an order. No, for I just <laughs> got a call from our lawyers, and they said we're going to get copyright claimed by Wikipedia for the seventieth time. So they're asking to stop. <laughs> yeah, the, they have four employees at Wikipedia, but you've copywritten off them so bad that they put one of them on the case. Yeah, I rewrite. I rewrite them. Since the debut of the show, several Changing songs the and arrangements. Font size doesn't count. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's double space now. The margins are lower. <laughs> I made it uh, Helvetica bold. It's no longer just Helvetica. Um, since the debut of the show, there have been several songs and arrangements used for the theme. The main theme of the show was a song called "Take 10, which was composed by Merv Griffin's wife Julianne. I have a very low quality version to play for you now, so I apologize to the listener, but we're going to play for you a little snippet of Take 10. I don't get why they call it Jeopardy. It's clearly pronounced Geoparty. <laughs> Geoparty. Yeah, it's about the rocks. Um, It sounds like Fallout. <laughs> or does Fallout sound like it? Mm. Pennywise A later iteration of the show The all new Jeopardy opened with January, February, March And closed with a song titled Frisco Disco Both of which were composed by Merv Griffin Let's get a little taste now Of Frisco Disco Can I get the rare version please? (laughs) Uh, This is medium rare version Uncommon However, the best-known theme song of Jeopardy is titled Think, and was actually originally composed by Merv Griffin under the title A Time for Tony as a lullaby for his son. Think has always been used for the 30-second period in Final Jeopardy in which contestants write down their responses. Since Trebek took over the syndicated version in 1984, a rendition of Think has been used as the main theme for the show. So with that, 
Let's listen to our final song for this week, A Taste of the Song Think. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> you ever watch the show Jeopardy? What? Oh, God. What's a show? What's a watch? <laughs> oh, no. Let's break this down as much as I can. That's a good song. For this week's quiz, we're going to honor the great Jeopardy and do it as Jeopardy would. So I will give you the answer. Do you think the host's was... name was Jeopardy? <laughs> Geoparty. <laughs> We're going to honor the great Jeopardy and do it how Jeopardy would do it. Wait, his name wasn't Jeopardy Trebek? <laughs> you thought it was like Reba? <laughs> My favorite game show to watch, Reba. You must guess in the form of a question. So I have five answers for you. And for this week's quiz, the category is famous game show hosts. Number one, this famous game show host would sign off at the end of each program by asking you to cut off your pet's private parts. Kelly, who is Bob Barker? Ding, ding, ding. Kelly gets point number one. That's 200. That's worth $200. I forgot to put. Oh, wow. Okay, that was worth $200. Scott, cancel my calls. (laughs) I'm not coming into work. I'm making a lot of money doing something else. Yes, sir. Number two. This host once said that women shouldn't date atheists because, and I quote, where is your moral barometer? Ding, ding, ding. Scott, who is Mm -hmm. Steve Harvey? Ah, Scott gets number two, which was worth $400. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, cancel my calls. Daddy's making the books. (laughs) Number three. When Who Wants to Be a Millionaire became syndicated in 2002, this former host of The View and future host of The Today Show took the host reins from Regis Philbin. Ding, 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 Scott. Who is Meredith Vieira? Scott rings in and gets $600. He leads 1000 to 200 Why was mine only worth 200 It sucks. <laughs> because they get the progressively first. harder, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's clearly what I'm doing here. I'm defending a system that's working for me right now. Yeah, I I didn't plan this ahead of time, so I actually think number three is probably the hardest one. But (laughs) Number four, on Chappelle's show, in a parody of Training Day, this Let's Make a Deal host portrayed himself as a murderous, pimping psychopath. Kelly, ding, 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 Kelly, who is Wayne Brady? Kelly ties it up. We go into the final question tied up. It is Wayne Brady. Number five, finally, this host was famously portrayed by... Will Ferrell on many Saturday Night Live sketches. Ding, ding, ding. Who is Alex Trebek? And in honor of the late, great Alex Trebek, Scott, Scott how wins dare the you. quiz. Who how is Jeopardy Trebek? Words, who is Alex Trebek? He's a legend. <laughs> He's an absolute legend, Scott. I muttered it because I felt bad for getting the obvious answer, but I respect him okay. and his legacy. As long as you, as long as we agree to disagree that we both respect him, then it's fine. You know what? I'll split it with you. We'll each take a hay point as Trebek would want. Yeah, he loved everyone getting out even. He would always say at the end (laughs) of each game, all right, everybody share your points till you have an even amount. (laughs) Was there ever any ties on Jeopardy? Not the ones around the necks, of course. Ah, thank you. You beat me there, Cal. If they tied, they would uh, both come back the next week. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. They should have just always tried to tie. Power to the people. <laughs> so who do you think can replace Trebek? You know, we uh, Wayne Brady, not a bad choice if they went that route. But I think he's probably too busy. Um, Somebody was know. saying, or I saw on Twitter. Uh, They're trying to get LeVar Burton. Yeah, I think he'd be good. I mean, he'd be good. I might as well get out in front. Uh, I applied, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Then I'll vote for you, Kelly. If I can't do the yeah, podcast anymore, it's because I'm on to oh, lesser, lesser, not as fun things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wait. Jeopardy is less fun than this show. Uh, no it's one not as hosting Jeopardy. It's more of a chore than you would think. I gotta keep it wow. tight. I gotta keep it not loose. Not as loose as and as goose as I can here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's. Uh, I do know what you mean. It's it's tiring. Being a tyrant, you can't, you can't cut, you can't, you can't be like, okay, that was a great answer, contestant. But let's talk about Ratatouille. I can't now. do that on Jeopardy. I really can't. can't I can't say, really can't. oh, I don't want to talk about this. But the benefit, the pro, is that I can just move on after I give someone an answer and they give me the question. That's true. That's true. But hey, those potent potables. Oh, that's worth potent it. potables. Okay, Scott. Yep. You have a music. Or a uh, music product, <laughs> novelty product for me. Yeah, music, novelty music product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pull it up. All right, I don't want to offend you guys, so just a uh, trigger warning going into this. Today we're talking about. Oh, it's not letting me paste it. I bet it's the spinny hat. The hat. Uh, the, the <laughs> Hold on. Is it a picture of AOC? I'm trying to think Ugh. of the least offensive thing ever. The most. If you're, if you don't want to offend me. You better not post a Ben Carson. Wait, no, Ben Garrison comment comic in my dis, in this Discord. <laughs> Hold on, I got a Google image. Here. You know, I guess you just can't like copy an image from a Google Doc and paste it into Discord. Yeah, it's actually kind of difficult for some reason. I was having that same issue. <laughs> what's on? What's going on in the news? What's going on in Kelly news this week? I don't know. I've been playing Hades. I bought a PS5, but it oh, hasn't yeah. shipped yet. Um, Are you getting uh, Spider-Man for the PS5? Yeah. Yep. All right. Fellas, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt your feelings, so just be ready for this. Uh, Today we're talking about (gasps) this middle finger key. It's a key where the the key part, it looks, it's a middle finger coming from a hand. You put the middle finger in the lock. Wow. It's disturbing. Do you do either? Do any of us have a personal attachment to uh, a middle finger? What do you mean? Yes, I have two. Like a middle finger on our bodies. To two middle fingers. <laughs> is that what the? Is that really what you were setting us up for? <laughs> wow. That that it's literally attached to us. Yes. That's um. Can we kick a dad Marty joke off of for sure? Test? Let's kick him out. That's a major league dad joke. Oh, hold on. I got to. Oh, uh, no, can't get no respect in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's another uh, dead uh, joke. My Every- wife heard me make that joke and she told me to kick rocks. And I said, huh, but your last name is rocks. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so I said you made a dad joke and then you s- said the appropriate response would be to do a Rodney Dangerfield impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, the kids will love it. <laughs> hey, we're talking about this middle finger keychain, and boy, oh boy, I got a little middle finger quiz for you guys. You know what? Let's Ooh. keep this uh, this um, answer in the form of a question, Roland. This is a, a free form Jeopardy style here. 
What ancient society does the middle finger date back to? Uh, <sighs> Marty Rome. Kelly, would you like to steal? Uh, Ke- Kelly. Uh, Ah, Shakespearean. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't a king. I know. Uh, It was Greece. Yeah. So you're close. Marty, I'm going to give you uh, one-tenth of a point. Can I get one middle finger key worth of points? Yeah, which happens to equal one-tenth of a point. Uh, What is the middle finger supposed to represent? Hey, buzz off, mister. Fuck you. Well, okay. Yeah, sorry. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down. It's, um, we'll say a, a, a tangible object, not, not a words. A bird. A bird? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Marty, you got anything? Um, up yours? I get not words. <laughs> okay. Like, a th- uh, okay. Oh, sounds. Okay. A th- <laughs> a th- <laughs> It's supposed to be a penis and balls, I guess. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what it was supposed to huh. represent. I learned so much on this podcast every single week. Uh, if you read the Wikipedia, then you, you'd know this. When was the first middle finger uh, on screen shown? When was the first on screen middle finger? I dream of genie. I am gonna guess. I, I'm looking for a year here. Oh, so Kelly. Kelly says the the 60s. <laughs> yeah. When is the uh, when oh, the, the 60s on TV? Uh, whenever the MPA uh, or when uh, the whatever that was called the the profanity code that Hollywood was under for years. Um, so 1955. The first one uh, was in uh, 1928 in the film Speedy. Harold Lloyd's character gives himself the finger into a distorting mirror at Luna Park about 25 minutes into the film. Pre-code. Yep. So that's it. Kind of half-assed it this week. You know, they can't, they can't all be winners. Okay. Oh, that was the, that was the quiz. Who won the quiz? Um, I think you did. Yeah. I didn't get anything right. Uh, I think none of you did. I think, I think it's three swings, three strikes and three misses. Hey Kelly, I got something for you. What? Got something for you, Kelly. Marty. That's rude. Take a look at my hand. Marty's showing <laughs> me his butthole right now. Oh my god, he's doing the goatsy. Marty's goatsy. I've got my me. my hand butthole. I'm showing him my hand butthole. Oh, that means you get to punch him in the shoulder. Ah, <laughs> two hits. It's not below my waist. No. Did you guys do uh, doorknob in your school? What is that? That's where if somebody farts and um, if they don't say doorknob right after, then you uh, get to punch them until they go touch a doorknob. <laughs> Should we? <I've... laughs> do you want to do that on the podcast? No, I don't. Yeah, okay. Do somebody fart. <laughs> okay, hold on. I can't fart. Caca! <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say we should end on one of my signature jokes. Ugh. Okay, what about safety? Did you guys do safety? Yes, safety, yes. Did you guys do slug bug? We did slug bug, slug we bug. did shotgun. For shotgun rules, did you do blitz, no blitz? Uh, I don't remember the other rules. I, All of them, yep. I haven't given anyone a ride in so long. Yeah. Have more you guys, than one person a ride in a long time. 
Did you get? Uh, did you do uh, quack quack seat back? Yeah. Here's something that's kind of related. The new Fast and the Furious movie. They have to do a heist of a dead body, and Vin Diesel does a Hertz donut. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's weekend. <I> <laughs> it's a Hertz donut. It's a classic bit. As a kid, you ask someone if they want a Hertz donut. Does he actually do that in the movie? No, I don't remember this. That's a joke about dead body cars being called Hertz and then donuts. Wait, dead body Hertz. calls being called Hertz donut. I fucking pronounced oh it wrong. Oh my god! And, you, and then you just like doubled down on it five times yep. in a row. Twenty times. I was like, Hertz donut. I was like, okay, what is how about, this term? He does I've a, never heard he, of this. They do. He rent. He, he does a, a rental hearse, car. A Hertz donut. He does a rental car. He does a donut in a rental car. He does a Hertz donut. There, I fixed it. I bandaided it. That's what I thought you were doing. That's no, what I thought I'm you just were really doing. bad with English. So that's no, okay. No. It's not. But great with humor. <laughs> Kelly, it's your second language. It's all right. Well, what's my first language? The language of love. Hey, can't argue with that. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> you know what? Two two kind of low energy episodes, but you know what? It's like, I think, I think it's, uh, you know, it's that time of year where you're... <laughs> <laughs> the seasonal affective disorder is kicking in. Marty picks a couple things he thinks we should do, and they were <laughs> once again. <laughs> they were good. They were just like perfect. They were kind of just straight down the plate. Like I don't know. Yeah. They're hard to comment on because they're just like it's, these are fine. I miss Spooftober. Spooftober was good. That's the thing. Spooftober was really spicy, so we're kind of having to like mellow out. But next, the next two episodes. Oh my god. What are they? We're gonna be bouncing off the walls. We're going to talk about them off pod, I think. That's right. Well, hey, audience, thanks for sticking with us. Um, don't You don't need to watch this movie, I say. Um, <laughs> 40 minutes after we yeah. stop talking if about it. you haven't seen this movie, in good summary, job. In summary. Good job. Summary. Throw the movie out. Resubscribe <laughs> to our podcast on every device yep. in your house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know that in Spain and Italy, that's where the thing of like, you ever see the just the fuck you gesture of like, you like, you take your like left hand and hit like your right, like sort of like bicep with it. And then you like curl your like right hand like up to your like chin sort of. You ever see that one? Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> great. Next week, we're going to watch... Sleepless in Seattle. uh, (laughs) Once again. 